0: This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. We're starting a new series today, but it is the beginning of Advent series. If you haven't um... Been a part of celebrating Advent. Today's gonna to be a little bit of a challenge and an opportunity for us to talk about what Advent really, really is. Advent is this longing and waiting that the people of God had as they were waiting for the Messiah. Susan came to me in the middle of worship, and she said, hey, you know, I feel like the Lord is really laying on, on on our hearts this reality of having Maranatha in our hearts where we cry out, come, Lord Jesus. That is what Advent is all about. It's this longing and waiting for the coming of Christ. And we, in the already not yet, are in that same place. We have experienced in Christ all things that we need, all riches, all joy, all all hope, all peace, we have experienced in Christ the true, uh, the true coming together of all things, right? So we have hope and joy and peace in Christ, but we are still longing and waiting for and crying out for, come Lord Jesus. The struggle is, as we come to this as pastors, is how do we pastor you, our people, in this season, this specific season, To not just think that because we preach that Jesus is the reason of the season, that people would believe that and see that. So we want to get a Bible in your hands. If you need a Bible, this is our gift to you. You can take it home. If you just need to borrow one today, you can raise your hand and get a Bible. But turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. As you're turning there, I want you to just think of this, right? There is so many of us who would say, yeah, no, Jesus is the reason of the season. But as we are celebrating, what we're really showing is something different than what we're saying. We celebrate like the rest of the world. I would not say that the Christian shouldn't celebrate this time. I would say the Christian should celebrate this time as a Christian. That's different. We celebrate in a very different way. The problem is that in our celebrations, we are often shaped by and showing a different gospel than which we preach. And so today, what we want to do as we go through Advent is not just talk about Jesus being the reason, but talk about if Christ has done this work and come in flesh and He dwells among us, then what does it look like for us to celebrate, waiting in generosity?
1: Now, now here's the thing: there's no way to really talk about what that actually looks like in heart without starting off and confronting some of the cultural idols that are, that are there, especially during a time like now, right, especially during this season where there's this, this cultural pressure during this time to, 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 to join in, to, 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 to fellowship in, to, to, to be a part of the idol of consumerism. Like I'm, I'm going to say that because I want you guys to understand that. This is the, the cultural idols that we wrestle with like all year, all year long. But even now, it's, it's more than normal, right? And so when we start talking about what's the true heart of generosity, the true heart of, of how a Christian celebrates during these times, you have to celebrate in a way that divorces yourself. From the cultural idols of our times. Because every single thing that's happening during this time is telling you to focus more on what you need and focus more on what you feel you are lacking. Mm. Like things that you was good with dealing with all year long seems more irritable now. Those shoes seem to be more jacked up now than all year long. And, 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 and my TV, I can't stand my TV more now than ever. Maybe a little bit because they're all on sale right now. And you know, but we wanna like everything is telling you to buy into this. And, 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 and we start to feel that we, what we need and what we are, are, are lacking start to stand out. More than everything. And I'm not trying to say that taking advantage of deals and buying things are wrong. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that they're trying to sell you more than what you're trying to buy. Mm. All right. You need to understand that. They're not, you're not, you, you think you're buying a trinket, but they're selling you an ideology. Come on. They're selling you something more yes. that tells you that you need that. And if you don't have that, you will be dissatisfied. Come on. Yes. Yes. so that you will find your hope and your joy and your peace and stuff, yeah. not him. That's it. So we can't go into this without confronting that reality just on, on the top end.
0: And as parents, one of the things that we fall into is saying, well, I'm not being generous for myself. I'm not being greedy for myself. I got to get my kids stuff this year. And the reality is we think it's okay for us to be greedy for their sake, believing that if we give them all that they need, they're going to see what great parents we are, but you might be turning them over to that very same idol, and you will turn out having very selfish, greedy children who think everything is about them.
1: One thing that that idol tells you, I want to get to my kids because I don't want them to mess out on what I missed out
0: on. Yeah, yeah. And this this reality is what we're trying to push against because not only do I feel the burden for myself to not fall into this greedy cultural idol, but I feel the burden for my children that I would want them to know what it means to celebrate in generosity, to not spend all of their time waiting and thinking about all that they want, but to believe that it's better for them to give Than it is to receive. This kind of celebration will mess up your holidays as normal, but it will be more true to what God calls us to in celebrating this season. So I hope that as we stand together and read 2 Corinthians, remember we stand because we believe God's word is special and anointed and that we stand in respect to it. And we're going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses uh, 1 through 10. And, and remember that this is God's word. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflown in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means for their own accord begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we experienced, but as gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, he should complete among you this very act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in earnestness, and in love for you, see to it that you excel in acts of grace of giving. As I say this, not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that through that though he was rich, he made himself poor for our sake, so that you by his poverty might become rich. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I want you to get context here. Because what you're experiencing is a letter from Paul to the Corinthian church. you got to know a little bit about the Corinthian church more than you need to know about the Macedonian church because the Macedonian church is explained by Paul to another church. So he's using the Macedonian church to explain to another church what generosity looks like. But the Corinthian church, if you have studied Corinthians at all, they, they were wild. They were, they were wiling out all the time, right? I mean, they, when they came to church... It was charismatic church on steroids. It's people trying to talk over each other. It's people yelling out in tongues. It's people trying to prophesy really loud. And Paul's saying, that needs to be put in order. But the reason why your church services are out of order is because look at your lives. You're filled with sexual immorality. You're filled with greed. You're filled with all these kinds of things. And so what he's saying is, when you come to church and you're doing all these spiritual things, it's a reflection of of everything in your world is about you, so when you come to church, you think everything is about you and you being heard. The reality of why when I come in this room, I got to let everybody know how spiritual I am and how many words I've heard from the Lord is because in every part of your life, you're a consumer. You just want, whatever. if this feels good, I'm going to have it. Sexual immorality, I'm going to indulge in it. If, if this feels good, I'm going to do this. If, if I want this, if, if, if they look good, it doesn't matter. And they were doing crazy. I mean, Paul's like, you got sons sleeping with their moms. You got, you got all, all these things taking place. And we're like, "Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's the church he's talking to. Right. Crazy. And then he points out in this context the kind of church he wants them to be. Okay? And he teaches them about something important, which is generosity.
1: Things you see inside this text as he he's teaching them about generosity. And in the verse two, he says, like he's making them this comparison to the Macedonian church. And in verse two, as he's talking about the Macedonian church, he says, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Here's the thing that he 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 wants them to get, and what the Lord wants us to understand today: generosity flows from joy, not from stuff. Come on. Come on. It's easy for you to start to think that that if I have more things, then I can start being generous, or so you look at yourself and say, <coughs> Well, I don't really have that much stuff. So since I don't really have that much stuff, when it comes to being generous, that's not really, that's not really my, my, my lot. I can't really be generous because I don't have much. But he's saying, look at these dudes over here. He's like, he wanted them to understand generosity was a byproduct of something else and it wasn't stuff. He said that it was their overflowing joy. Yeah. In the midst of the extreme poverty, welled up in generosity. The generosity was was a, 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 an outspring of joy. Yes. Their joy in who God was. Not their joy in just themselves and what they wanted to do, but who God was. Yes. Generosity is rooted in deep joy yes. regarding who this king is that you serve. That's where it's at. This world will tell you it's sin how much stuff you have to give physically so you'll discount yourself because you don't feel you have enough. Or you'll tell yourself, I'm doing super good because you feel that you're giving out a bunch of this stuff. But he's going at something deeper than, than that, deeper than the surface.
0: Wow. It flows up from joy. Remember, we have so many songs about joy in this season. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. We talk about joy, and the church should be the place where we feel joy. But we feel, f- f- so, we feel so bad for people this season who don't have toys. So we think if we could just give everybody toys, they'll have joy. Now, listen, we're doing ways to provide toys for kids. Right. But we're doing it in different ways, and I want you to get involved with that. But I want you to hear this from us. When we're giving toys, we're not giving joy.
1: Right, right.
0: We're not right. giving joy. There's
1: a difference.
0: This is, this is not what we're giving. Toys are coming from the overflow of the joy we already have. And this reality, when we don't see where joy really comes from, uh-huh. we'll never be generous, ever right. be generous. Because generosity is sacrificial get this when joy comes from stuff right you give what's left over when joy comes from Christ you give sacrificially you give till it hurts look at what it says this church did in the midst of severe trial in the midst of severe trial they testified that they gave, in verse 3, not just what they were able, but beyond their ability. Now, let me, let me just, let me just uh, uh, speak to that for a minute, because he says they gave beyond their ability. I don't even know what that means, except to say they didn't just give what they could. They gave what was cutting into what they needed. They were in extreme poverty. They didn't have much. They didn't have anything. And all they did is they look out of the overflow of joy, and then they did it entirely on their own. Here's what Paul wants them to know. Like, they gave, and I didn't even ask them. That's crazy. That's crazy giving. That's hurting giving. That's the kind of giving that costs us something. Let me just make it practical for us. As a family... I am not the Macedonian church. I'm not a part of the Macedonian. I'm, I'm, I'm not, like if I'm putting myself in this, in this category, I'm Corinthians, right? God's showing me an example of generosity. So for my kids to go, hey guys, we need to be generous this year, like they're going, okay dad, you need to be generous, it's great. No, for my kids to feel generosity in our home, what my wife and I go is, look, all the things that we want and all the things that we could afford to get all of you as, chi- as our children. Let's say, we're gonna get you two toys, what do you want? I'm gonna go, for us, guys, you're gonna give one of those toys away. You're gonna give the money that would have gone to get you something to go somewhere. It doesn't mean I don't get my kids' presents. It means I want them to feel that they are sacrificing something to give to somebody else, that something is lost because of generosity. That's an important part of it, but it's not complete, is it? No,
1: no, it's not. What what ends up happening is that as he, he talks to them about sacrificial giving, and he's saying, listen, because most of us, we give in our comfort zone, right? Right? I can easily give this. I can give this, and it's not gonna hurt. Like I can give this, and they're not gonna put me in a position where I can't do something else, mm. right? And he says, like, sacrificial giving was the type that makes you say "ow." Mm-hmm. But what he says here in in, in four. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Like, generosity is a privilege. Like, now, we got to get this. It's not just, oh, man, I got to do this thing, or it's the right thing to do. But, man, I get to do this crazy thing. I'm looking at my lives, and I know that. But it's a privilege. They was at the point where they, they, like, they was pleading, No, 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 let us be a part of this. They're pleading with them, despite where my situation is, I really want to be a part of this thing. They saw this as as an opportunity that they didn't want to miss out on. on. You're not going to tell me I don't have enough to be a part of this thing right here. Because it, it flows for something way deeper in that. I'm sure I can give. I'm sure I could be a part of this. It's a privilege the poor of myself, and sacrifice. It's a privilege to hurt for the sake of someone else. A privilege.
0: That's a that's a powerful point on, on our Wednesday meeting. I won't call anybody out. They are in the room, though, so I'll turn my way this way. I was preaching in our RC. I use that as another opportunity to preach because I don't get to preach enough anymore. Uh, and we were having a pseudo-discussion where I was talking most of the time. Um, and... Uh, and... <laughs> And inside of that, I said, man, this is a sacrifice for generosity to give. And, and the sister raised her hand and said, hold on, I, I got something to say. And she said, That's, if I think of it that way, I'll never give. And I'm like, hey, I'm the preacher. Stop, stop talking. <laughs> Doesn't have much. We all know who she is. She's family. Doesn't have much. She said, I, I don't want to just give because I have to or what it's going to cost me. I get to give. At that moment, I repented. The reality of, yes, it hurts, but I, I want to. Yes, This is a privilege. Yes. Right. Can you imagine Paul going, hey, I know you don't got a lot. You guys are going through a lot. You guys don't give. And they're like, Paul, we're giving. Begging not to get money, but they were begging to give money. This is a different kind of generosity. This generosity exceeded his expectations. We have so many expectations, high expectations for some, low expectations for others, but this reality of what generosity does is it takes people who shouldn't be able to and it makes them become a glorious display exceeded expectation they gave themselves first of all to the Lord. here's where mm-hmm. generosity starts. Mm-hmm. what they gave to was they gave first to the Lord they didn't see it as giving to somebody else they saw it as first giving to the Lord and then giving to
1: us Amen.
0: it exceeded all expectation
1: and that's how it should always be right because it's rooted in who God is and, and the joy of who it is so it should always, exceed his expectation now I love this thing here because you go to seven and he's, he's he's constantly he's talking to them and he wants them to understand as he makes his comparison but then he gets to them and he's like because the Corinthian church when you when you look at them they would have looked at themselves and like man we're killing it right now we're doing all these things and seven he says all right I get it but since you excel in everything in faith in speech and knowledge in complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Like like I get it I get it Yo, you got crazy faith I see you you killing it right now and 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 and, and you and, and you have man you can speak the word and you are know, deep in knowledge you're excelling in all these ways but listen let me bring that and compare it to the idol of this age which is money put your money where your mouth is excelling giving to come on two, come on. two. And he puts them on the spot. And he holds them accountable to this thing. Like, don't just excel in everywhere else. Mm. But this is where you really start. I heard someone tell me one time, you could, start, you could tell when the Lord is really getting at somebody's right, heart right, right. by looking at their pocketbook, uh-huh. by looking at their wallet by looking how sacrificially they end up being. And, we, and I'm not just even talking monetarily. Sacrificial with their time, sacrificial with their gifts, but they, they, they're giving and it hurts to give, but they're joyful in the giving.
0: This is crazy because what you could end up doing in a place like this is starting to go, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. We're going to take a big offering. <laughs> That's not the point. Immediately, we start calculating. How much do they want me to give? Paul wraps it up so that we know he's not trying to take a big offering. In verse eight, he says, I'm not commanding you anything. No law can make you generous. How many of you feel generous when you pay your taxes? You never do. You feel cheated. No law makes you generous. No command makes you generous. I could sit here and say, this year we want to give this amount. This year you should give this amount. And you would go, okay, then I need to give that amount and then I will be generous. And in all of our pursuit of trying to reach a goal where we could tell everybody in this world, we raised blah, blah, blah amount of money. Notice, he doesn't even say how much the Macedonian church gave. The widow gave a mite. This other dude gave way more. And Jesus goes, that's giving. Giving is not an amount. Mm -hmm. Generosity is not an amount. It's a heart level thing. He says, this is not a command But I want to test the sincerity of your love. Giving is not a command. Hear this. It's a test. It's a test. It's a test of your heart because you don't know where your heart is. Your heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? That's why when somebody says to me, hey, you don't know my heart, I'm like, yeah, you're right, but you don't know your heart either. (laughs) Only God knows your heart. But he gives us tests of our heart so we can see what's in it. And the test of our heart is generosity. There is a test. Paul is saying, I'm not trying to give you an amount or a command, but I want to put a test to you. I don't care how much you give, but here's the question. Are you generous? Well, how am I going to know if I'm generous? Well, he does two things. He compares. He says, it's not a command, it's a comparison. The test is not a a command. The test is a comparison. And here's who he compares them to. I'm comparing it with the earnestness of others. Did you notice that? I'm comparing it with the earnestness of others, and then he compares it to someone else. He compares it to Christ. Here's what I, I want you to see. Here's the test. God is going to take your heart and not give it an amount or a command, but he's going to compare your heart and your life with others. People who have way less than you, and the one who has way more than you. And notice this this puts it to no matter how much money or how much resources you make, all of us are put to the test.
1: Yes. Yes. You notice that? Yes.
0: Everyone in this room is put to the same test. I don't care how much we have or how little we have, rich, poor, we're all one in Christ. But this test is for all of us. Here's the test. The test is as you look at those who have far less than you, and you see that in the midst of it, someone who is in Christ, they're finding their joy in some place. And I I tell you this, there is nothing more revealing when you go someplace I've, I could share story after story going overseas going to and walking into someone's home that would look like a shack to us and them showing it off like it's a palace yes. with all gratefulness. Mm. giving generously, offering food when they barely have enough for themselves. there's nothing more humbling than then the joy that doesn't come from stuff and we sit here and feel so bad for those who are having less than us. Like if they just come up to our level when the reality is when I'm in that home, I want to go up to their level. I want to have that heart. The other thing is you never compare it to somebody who's richer than you. Because there's only one who's truly rich and owns everything, and that's Christ. He said your comparison to others who have less and severe problems, and compare yourself to Christ who owns all things, and here's what he did with all of his riches. He became poor, so that in him you would find, I like this, True riches, meaning you don't know true riches until you know Christ. This, my friends, is a test of our heart some of you in this room may be like, man, I'm in severe poverty. I have got so much struggle going on in my life, and I would say, man, we love you. We're so thankful you're a part of this community. God's used you to teach us so much, but God is using His word like He does for all of us to test your heart. Some of you are saying, I'm in the middle. I'm struggling. I'm you know middle class, paying taxes, doing. I'm rich. I'm poor. All of us in this room, if we're a part of the church, are in different places in our lives, but the test is still the same. I'm not after an amount of money. I don't care how much you give or how much you don't give. What I do care about is your heart. And I want to know. Are you generous? Are you generous? Because what's at stake here in this season is not how many toys we get or how many toys we don't get. What's at stake here and why Wayne and I are so passionate about this? is because what is at stake here is the image of God being reflected in his world. The gospel being preached through people who are greedy doesn't look very good. When we sit around in our castles and our prosperity and talk about how much we have and how many toys we got and everybody else could be blessed like us because of how many toys we got and we talk about Jesus is the reason for the season. We're not fooling anybody but ourselves. We look dumb. The reality is if we want to preach this gospel of Christ in this season and we want to be a light in a dark time, what is at stake is, and Paul says it right here, the genuineness
1: yes, that's it. of his church. That's it.
0: You want to be genuine in the proclamation of the gospel? You will be a generous church.
1: Authenticity. The heart of God, that God is living inside of you, is what He's looking at, not so much at the stuff that you did, but the heart that was behind it. Inside this text, he closes out and he's talking about the Macedonian church as he compares them to the Macedonian Church. And then he, he talks about Jesus, and when he talks about Jesus, he says, the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. Here's the thing that was so much of the same between these two, between Jesus and the Macedonian church, is that both of them was pouring out of themselves to the point that it hurt for the sake of others. And that's the true test of genuineness. The authenticness. I want to hurt for you. This is where he causes in the sacrifice. And that's why We are wanting to be really intentional with some things during this time as we allow God to challenge us and we allow God to test us. And here it is. When when, when we talk about tests, it's not that God is trying to find out something. He knows it. Uh His test is to reveal it to you. Uh You thought you was good. Let me give you this test. You'll find out what I already know. Right? And he continues to do such a thing. So so when you hear us talking about giving the Hope women's Center, you hear us talking about our Adavis office uh, offering, you hear us talking about affordable Christmas, and, and, and those are just a few things, but the whole heart of it, this isn't just a, something you do for the season. This is a lifestyle of living because of the king that's living inside of you that's demonstrated true authenticity himself by dying for you, by giving of himself for you, the God that will give his son for you. So as we go into this time of communion, this is a time of of, of praying, And Lord, show me my heart. Show me where I'm at on these things. Revealed to me the inauthenticness of my own heart. And the thing that I find comfort in because this thing cuts on both sides. Let the Lord shape you and mold you and then call you to him. This communion is saying, Lord, I'm on, I'm, I'm on mission with you. I acknowledge that, that you gave of yourself for me. Your body, represented by the, by, the, by the bread, was broken for me. Your blood flowed for me. And this whole season and time is about God coming into the world for me. It's all about him giving. And as I, as I eat and I fellowship with him, that same spirit is inside of me. And I want to be that to others, and I want God to continue to break me for others and pour me out for others. And it hits me where it hurts, because he is good, he is glorious, and I am so filled up in joy for him. And this is what it tells the world, that Jesus is all satisfying. I am good. Is the proof. So as you come to the altar today and you come and you fellowship with us in communion, speak to the Lord. Let Him speak to your heart. Hear Him calling you in a fellowship with Him. Hear Him talking to you saying, Yeah, I see you putting all these check marks, but I need you to, to excel here too. Because this displays me to the world. The tables are open. Let's fellowship together. Let's worship together as we break bread together.
0: This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.